0: Welcome to Series 3 of The Joy of Writing. I'm your host, Mark Carew, author of three novels, and someone who is interested in how other writers write, why they do it, and the fun or joy they get from their writing. I'm joined again by Lizzie Enfield, and in this episode we discuss the marketing of books, a process that every writer needs to be part of, and also hear how Lizzie is getting on with writing book number seven finish your book was published at the end of july and congratulations on getting that project completed and out there what was your reaction to it
1: well it was a strange experience because i don't know when lockdown i know when it started i'm not quite sure when it finished or if it's finished, or if we're still in it so it's a very different process to all of my other books which came out you know with a bit more of a bang i had a launch for every other book that i've had out in it and it felt like something was happening um and i think one of my previous books i had the launch not for the hardback but for when the paperback came out so then there's quite often quite a big or or the other way around but i likened used to liken the hardbacks to having a baby but leaving it in intensive care because it was sort of out but not really out and so I suppose this time um, you know it it was out but there was no real manifestation of that there was no launch no coming into bookshop but but the sales um, you know were there so that was quite um, gratifying and also As I said to you last week, you know, this was my lockdown project. I was finding it quite hard to write my novel during lockdown because of all the just anxiety and stress and children being home and people needing to be phoned several times a day. Um, But I did want to produce something. So I was very, you know, I had that sense of satisfaction that comes, which I think is, you know, part of the joy of writing is that feeling that you have created a final product and so thinking okay i've done that all that sort of sitting and scribbling away um and as i you know we've said i work as a journalist and there was a kind of switch when things became digital um to i actually started off at the bbc but but even in the broadcasting context there was a sort of loss of that sense of physically producing something and when i first worked in radio We worked on, this dates me, my children can't believe this, um, but, you know, on quarter-inch tape that ran from one spool to another spool, and you would edit a report by cutting it up with a razor blade and sticking it together again, and then you would pick up that spool, so you'd gone out and done all your interviews, stuck them all together. Um, You'd pick up the spool and you'd carry it down to the studio and give it to the studio manager, and you had that real sense of, at the end of the day, just having a physical thing in your hands, When it went digital, you just sort of did it all on the screen, hit send, and that would send it to the studio manager, and you lost some of that. And that was sort of the same with journalism when things started becoming online. Um, So I think that was the really nice thing about, you know, having the book, receiving the paperback copy, and thinking, yes, this is, you know, I haven't just sent an article off that's gone on the BBC website that somehow you lose some of that sense of having physically made something. So I did feel like... I haven't just been churning out words during lockdown. I have a product, um, and that was, you know, a, a good sense of achievement. Um, and I am quite sort of driven to achieve something. And I and I think that is the thing that I'm, you know, have also been encouraging people to do in in the book is that sort of sense of just getting a first draft done and then another draft, and then another draft. But, you know, I often say to people who work almost entirely online, even though, you know, you are discouraged from using too many trees, but I think that sense of physically printing something out and going, look, this is it. You know, I wasn't yeah. sitting tapping away. It's not just 80,000 words that, the you know, that the word count is telling me. It is this.
0: I've, I've yeah. done it. So... It's a, it's a different thing in, in physical um you know um paper as compared to uh
1: Feels an real. yeah and it, um, and you have that sense of yeah i've made something
0: yeah great great um and also as well as writing it you need to for example get the cover designed um and uh, how did you go about that
1: um, I found a brilliant cover designer through Reedsie, um yes. which um, website for, you know, writers, publishers, yeah. um, called Nikki Ellis. Um, and she's done a lot of books for various publishing houses. Um, and she was absolutely brilliant, actually. I'm really pleased with the cover. I thought I'd, I'd given her some ideas about the colour. I wanted it to sort of, you know, look quite similar to my previous book which I sort of branded my website to look like Um, and she came up with a a great design I think of the the sort of falling pages falling down into Mm -hmm. the book almost like leaves falling off a tree Um, but those leaves of paper falling into the book and I thought you know that is a great image for a sort of unfinished book falling into place Um, so I'm really pleased with that Um, and she did the internal layout as well
0: Yeah, very good. I mean, the cover is very, very important indeed. Um, As I learn um, going along, you have to have a strong cover.
1: You do have to have a strong cover, and it's a very strange process. I remember when my first novel came out, I I don't know if she'll thank me for saying this, but I, I, I sort of said to my editor, I knew nothing about the process, and I said, you know, how much input do I have into the cover design because I think paper cuts uh, you know would work really well and she said yeah no no you have influence we're either going to go with an illustration or a photograph (laughs) and I thought but then she did actually um, look at some paper cuts and decided that you know that was a good idea and actually I'll just or listeners can't see but I can show you because we're recording this on Skype Um, yes, but they came profound. up with that, and I've got the original, which is all sort of you know cut out of of paper. And at the time, you know, it's it's often capturing sort of what looks good at the time. Um, mm. And you know, these days as well, what what stands out on um, Amazon, you know, as a as a Kindle cover. Um, so I am pleased with it. It's a, it's a very hard thing i think for the, i think designers are the sort of you know unsung heroes almost because it's quite yeah, hard
0: to, that, that's to... a good point especially in such a crowded market where you do have to be able to stand out as distinctive now you've um, appointed yourself as head of marketing yes. for this <laughs> for this project how uh, do you enjoy that sort of role i mean all authors have to market help market their their work
1: um do i enjoy it I enjoy the element of being in, sort of feeling that you can actually do something to help it mm-hmm. out into the world. Um, as you said, all authors do. You know, there's a lot of onus on you to do the marketing of yeah. your book. Um, you have a very short stab with a major publishing house. You know, quite a, a short time frame um, in which the attention is on your book, and then it's you know on the next author and the next yeah. author. So to keep that going is is down to you and i think that's something a lot of authors don't realize at the start of the process really um and it's something that you learn several books in that you've got to be quite proactive yourself um so it's you know obviously i've i've worked as a journalist so i can help myself slightly um whether i like it or not it's a hard process as you know yourself yeah Uh, (laughs) <laughs> and that, you know, there comes a point when you sort of think, right, everyone's going to be sick of me now saying I've done this thing. <laughs> Do you want to hear about it?
0: That's a really good point. Uh, I, I always think, um, yeah, you, you have to um, moderate how how much you're out there. I mean, people really should be just wanting to read your book, not um, not sort of respond to ads and all the rest of it. But.
1: Yeah, and I think the thing with all marketing really is – You can't sort of help but say, but what's been, you know, what I've been able to do with this book on social media and things is sort of put out, you know, a daily tweet with a nugget of advice from the book. And then sort of, I hope I'm saying quietly, and, you know, that's sort of in the book. I've just put the link to the book at the end. Um, So you're hoping that that you're saying kind of a little bit more quietly, I've got a book out you're sort of saying, here's some helpful advice and if you're interested, mm-hmm. I'll go into that. That's obviously harder to do with a novel when you are you know, but again I think what you you almost need to, people get tired of the authors going, hello, I've written a book, hello, I've written a book, mm-hmm. <laughs> is a list but yeah. they don't get tired if people go, you know, I've written a novel and it examines domestic abuse or you know, the isolation or something that we're going through at the moment so I always think it's you know it's trying to elicit interest in a in a non-commercial way with a obviously you've got a slightly commercial aim which is you know you're always kind of the subtext is always please buy my book (laughs) but you're trying to say it quietly please buy my book rather than shouting please buy my book but i am it's all saying please buy my
0: book really yes it is really um i do remember a chat show where dawn french had a book out and she came on With the two copies of the book stuck either side of her head. (laughs) And I thought, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. It was sort of half, you know, I've got a book to sell. Yeah. Um, Half, um, I apologize um, for that type of thing. Um, So now, of course, it's time for the next project. And I know you're writing another book, which is actually the sixth book, which is um, a great. Um, place yeah. to be for any writer
1: actually if you count this book
0: mm. so um, I suppose seven is it yes, yes. <laughs> there you go yes and, and how is that going along I mean what is it about if you want to say anything about it I know lots of people don't like to jinx the process
1: I call it my pitches. it's a contemporary Jane Eyre um, okay. and it's a, it's a it sort of goes a little bit beyond the point at which you know, the Mrs. Rochester character dies. Um, So it's a thriller, um, which I, you know, elements of Jane Eyre are to me. You know, it is a sort of thriller. Um, Mm. And I've finished a draft and I'm now redrafting it. And actually that was what I found hard to, I, I don't know why, but this, sort of block that I had during lockdown um I got this finish your book done and then obviously thought right now I have to finish Mm. my book a lot of my redrafting is rewriting so when I you know when you talk about redrafting I'm doing a lot of rewriting there's a lot of extra stuff that needs to go in the whole of the middle section I need to switch the point of view so there's quite a lot of work to be done but I have started again doing that every day get down to it and get going with it and have got my goals and my targets of when I want to finish it by but you know we were talking just before we came on air you know and that writing process is organic and even though I've pretty much got everything in place as you're rewriting and redrafting more things come into it and more storylines occur to you so it's you know it is still growing and I will have to take quite a lot out of it in order to grow it so it's you know it's a bit like the eat out to help out it's sort of you know (laughs) grow it to shrink it or shrink it to grow it and I'm a bit of both of those I'm sort of shrinking it and growing it at the same time.
0: Yes I've just thought of a new analogy because it's my favorite thing to think of analogies and uh, I'm thinking it's like you bought an old house which needs renovation and really every room needs work so it doesn't matter which room you start on
1: i live in that old house
0: (laughs) oh there you are right
1: but hopefully unlike an old house at some point it will be finished and the damp won't always start to appear (laughs) when you've just finished replastering um but but yes it is i am starting at the beginning for me it does i do need to sort of start at the beginning um Mm. and you know work through to the end but it's growing at the same time um, yeah. and it's quite nice. I think that is actually my favourite stage of writing. I find the first draft quite hard, mm-hmm. um, and there is that sense of I don't know quite where I'm going or how this is going to end, even if I you know, have that in my head. But once you've got everything down, I think it's much easier to add and subtract than to start completely afresh. Um, yeah. And the characters, you know, everything, as you know, has you've got a sense of it so it 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 feels more solid it's not that unknown um my analogy is is going back to the sort of baby analogy i suppose but it's like sort of you give birth and you don't really know what your child is going to be like but but now you've got it on its sort of first birthday and it's you know it's already grown a bit and you know the color of its hair and its eyes and to a certain extent it's Personality, um, uh, unlike a child, then you, you are then trying to sort of shape it, which, um, unlike children who have minds of their own about yeah. <laughs> how they're going to develop. Well,
0: so that's a good analogy easy. because you, you do need to let the, the child grow and in, in how they're going to grow. Um, yeah, I, I like that analogy. Again, it's the more organic approach. You might have had a very definite idea to start with, but you do have to listen and uh look at what you've written and, and really see where it's going uh, f- from your book what what do you think is some of your favorite own advice that that's really ringing true for you now
1: now that's a good question um and i think it's you know in part it's the simplest advice of just getting on with it mm. um, but it's also the not being afraid to make changes really and not being afraid to <clears throat> cut stuff out or be precious about your work or hold on to it. Um, and I think that that is probably the most important thing in making something any good. Um, but but also to one of the early reviews from this um, of this book um, said something like you know she and I thought this is it. she said she she sort of you know knows instinctively what to do but tells you not to be afraid to play with it. Mm. Um, and I don't know if I just said that myself. You know what it's like when someone parrots your own advice
0: yeah. back
1: to you, but they phrase it so you sort of think, "Oh yes, that is good advice." But I wasn't even really aware that I was, uh, I was, I was giving it. But I think that is the. It is, as I've just said, the enjoyment of it comes at this stage, and mm. it's King. Okay, I've I've got it now. And now is the time to to play with it and to you know recognize that stuff doesn't work but that's not wasted um and to make some quite big changes um and you know it's also the time when the themes and you know really come into it and you start writing more into what the book's about than simply what happens yeah um so I don't think I answered that question very well it's always hard <laughs> to know what your own advice you know which bits of your own advice you would take but I think it is just really that <clears throat> you know it's more the, the, the keep working with it and keep playing with it and, right. um, you know keep committing to the process um, yeah. and, and maintain that confidence really that and I think that that's probably the mo- the most important piece of advice is just because things are bad doesn't mean you should lose confidence in what you're doing um, and I think that's where a lot of people come unstuck because they think really this is bad and they lose confidence in the overall project and there your house analogy is good because you mm-hmm. kind of think you know just because this wall is crumbling doesn't mean that the old, the, the overall house project you know is a dud house project um, I so I think that. that is probably my main piece of advice is that that just you know keep confidence and learn to recognize the the you know the bad but not be discouraged by it and right. you know, work on it and to turn it into something better and it is a colleague of mine likened the the sort of redrafting to the you know to being a sculptor and said you've got the kind of you know you've got the lump of rock and you've dragged it from the quarry <laughs> or oh, whatever it yeah. is you know <laughs> but that is your first draft you've dragged it yeah. from the quarry you've got it here that's really hard work but it's a lump of rock and it's kind of that knowing it's a lump of rock but you're starting to chisel and polish it and turn it into something beautiful and there will be times when you still think there's a lump of rock in the living room um, what am I doing with that? but it's that, that sort of having the confidence to see forward and see the little bits that you've done and think yeah, it's starting to take shape and it will take shape
0: exactly, have, have confidence and trust the process and remember that you're in charge I mean you made that rock out of mental stuff <laughs> yeah um, so and you know if it is a house with a crumbling wall well just replace the wall exactly you know, and put um, kitchen <laughs> <laughs> okay, right put a new kitchen in um it's it's just um you know you are in charge of the whole whole process and of course there'll be setbacks but you'll get over those so just be confident and uh, and bring this project to to a close yeah that sounds very simple I think everybody should do that
1: yeah, I think everyone should do
0: that too. <laughs> Just finish it. <laughs> Just finish it. Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, getting the first draft done is the bit where you grit your teeth and get that that block of rock made, and then, as you're saying, playing with the first draft is the fun part.
1: Yeah, and I think also actually the other bit of advice that I would take myself is is the. Don't lose sight of the whole, but don't always think about the whole because that's an overwhelming task. Right. Um, so it, it it is breaking it down and think. Right. I'm going to now. You know, you're you're working on a chapter at a time, or you're working on a section at a time. But but if you, you know, a bit like when you start out writing, if you think oh, I'm never going to get this finished, it's recognise what you are getting finished. You know, mm. you have written ten thousand words. You know that's the point when people tend to think I'll never get to hundred thousand words, but you think no, you went ten thousand words that you didn't have before. So that yeah. itself is an achievement. and it's really very much the same with the redrafting that you can go on through to the end and sort of think this is still a big sprawly mess, but you think but the beginning is now coming together. So it is that breaking it down. I think the psychology just of breaking it down and you know working in small chunks and thinking, okay, in September this is what I'm going to achieve and not setting unrealistic goals mm. And um, because I think that a lot of that is what panics people they just think I've been working on this all this time and I'm not getting anywhere and you have to recognise that you are getting somewhere it not might, might not be as far as you hoped but you are always getting somewhere if you're working on something you are always taking small steps forward
0: very good advice that's it I mean you do have to show a bit of perseverance or Ninety-nine percent perseverance. <laughs> yeah, yes. and, and and you will be there. Very, very interesting, and, and that's that's really good uh, advice to follow. Um, I look forward to talking next time about a subject we haven't really covered before on the podcast, and that is the conception of um, success. I mean, there is the joy of writing, and. Uh, and that's lovely. But then people would like to be successful with their books. So I look forward next time to exploring that with you.
1: That's an interesting topic to explore. And I shall keep my fingers crossed for success in the meantime.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's, it's there already and it's, there's more of it coming along. Thank you, Lizzie. In the next episode, Lizzie and I discuss what counts as success for a writer and author... And we also hear about a book that inspired her. You can leave feedback on any of the episodes at podchaser.com forward slash the joy of writing or wherever you listen to your podcasts.